Boom Blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sean Alexander. Thank you for joining me here again. As always, this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, speaking of being fresh, one man was, was super fresh tonight. Pascal kept it spicy. Huge, huge win for the Toronto Raptors. Again, thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Wrap It Up. Pascal Siakam, clearly the story of tonight's game as the Raptors head into the break on a high note, and we will try to do the same here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you to the people joining on Twitter live after each and every game at Shell Alexander. Click the link. You end up on Periscope. You can send in your questions, your comments, all that fun stuff. Show all your love for Pascal Siakam there. Or you can also do it live on another feed, which is on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. But if you're more of a podcast person, you're more, you prefer the treadmill, you prefer listening on your commute the next day, or if you're like my guy Dunlop on the drive home after some late night soccer, we become a podcast, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that fun stuff. Just search On Blast Podcast. You'll find this feed of the Wrap It Up post-game show. And of course, huge shout out to the YouTube community, the YouTube people holding us down. Numbers are blowing up there. Really appreciate all the love, continued love and support of the podcast projects here on the On Blast Podcast Network. And you know what? Huge, huge shout out to Pascal Siakam. But I'm going to take it a step further and say huge, huge shout out to Masai Ujiri, right? Because it wasn't too long ago. Trade deadline was around. There was a bunch of names being floated. One name in particular, Anthony Davis. And hey, I was here on this podcast saying I would give up anyone not named Kawhi Leonard for Anthony Davis. I still stand by that. One thing I also stand by was the fact that I said, hey, Mr. Masai Ujiri is smarter than all of us, right? We know that. <laughs> There's no hiding around that. There's no gimmicks around that. It's just super facts. Masai Ujiri knows what he's doing. It was rumored, it came out, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Pascal and OG, he, or sorry, let me rephrase that. He mentioned that he didn't want to give up Pascal or OG in what they were calling a win-now move, right? They weren't even on the table. Masai wanted to keep both of those kids. He feels good about finding those lottery gems, let's say, or not in the lottery gems. And he wanted to keep those guys. Masai made it work. He found a way to do both. Gasol is still the win-now move. He still has Pascal and OG. And, hey, let's be serious. The lesson here, trust Masai. He knows what he's doing. And what Pascal Siakam can turn into next year or the year after, I don't know. But the future looks very, very bright. And it looked massively bright tonight <laughs> in a game where he drops 44-10 and 10 against the Washington Wizards. 
Again, Pascal Siakam, 44 points, 10 rebounds on 15 of 25 shooting. He had 30 points. 30 of his 44 points came in the second half. There's no beating around the bush. That's just gangster work, right? Like that is just Pascal Siakam taking advantage of an opportunity where, hey, Kawhi Leonard's not in the lineup again. You're looking at a situation where they need the scoring to replace the 27 a night that um, Kawhi Leonard's been putting up. So you need Pascal scoring. The opportunities are going to be there for him to score. And hey, it's an opportunity to take advantage of a situation against a Wizards team that's going nowhere, but still have some solid vets on that team, right? Solid NBA players, Ariza, Bradley Beal, uh, Jeff Green, like solid NBA players. But hey, it's a good opportunity for Pascal to cook, and he did. What a great game. And you know what? There's a bunch of people already chiming in because uh, I always see comments, and it's funny. And it, here, Here's the thing, Raptors fans, okay? Just because I said, hey, we can give up Pascal Siakam for Anthony Davis, and Pascal Siakam scores 44 points against the Wizards, that doesn't change my opinion. It's okay. Both of those things are allowed to exist. He still isn't as good as Anthony Davis, and that's okay. He's still a really good player, and we are all happy that Masai Ujiri was able to get Marc Gasol and keep Pascal Siakam on the team, right? Big-time night for Pascal Siakam. Um, as the post-game interview stated, should he go out and party tonight as a, a big-time big time game for Pascal to celebrate? But tons of comments coming in early, so I'm going to try to get to the comments. And uh, first comment here says, where are the Siakam haters at? <laughs> I don't know who the Siakam haters are. I don't know that they exist because there's not much to hate on in terms of Pascal Siakam's game. And a big, big shout has to go out to Kyle Lowry in this game as well. Because the way that this game started, Kyle Lowry came out early. First three possessions, it was Kyle Lowry off the steal, finds Pascal. Next possession, Kyle Lowry, fast break, alley-oop to Danny Green. Next possession, same thing. He tried to toss it up to Pascal. Like The point is Kyle Lowry came out, and he tried to set the tone super early, get the Raptors out, get some pace set to this game, get them out and running. And when Kyle Lowry does that, that is when this Raptors team is at its best, right? Because Pascal Siakam, we know, he's all energy all the time. And when Kyle Lowry is focused on getting him the ball, rewarding his hustle, rewarding him leaking out, that's when this team is is cooking. And he got Pascal some easy buckets early. And then from there, hey, once you're feeling it, just keep cooking, right? The Raptors looked really good early in this game. We'll get to Jeremy Lin in a sec, but the way that Siakam was able to just carry out the scoring and continue that same pace throughout, and 30 points in the second half, 30 points. You saw a bit of everything, too, because... You saw everything from his game. I mentioned the Pascal being able to get out and run and get it in transition, get the points there. But he stepped out, and he was shooting the three with confidence, four or five from three. And once you get those early layups, you hear dudes talk about it all the time. You get those early layups, you get a chance to see the ball go through the rim, and all of a sudden, guess what? Your jump shot starts falling too. And he was shooting that shot in rhythm, with confidence, no hesitation at all. Again, Pascal Siakam, he couldn't shoot threes, what, two years ago? 
<laughs> last year it's not like his three-point shooting was reliable and now you're having a game where you're going for 44 points and shooting four or five from three that's incredible that is you're you're seeing the genius behind masai ujiri because the way that he built this team the way that this team is set up to handle this season situation of well Kawhi leonard you got him for a reason of trying to get to the nba finals get this franchise farther than it's ever been in the existence of the organization. But you also knew coming in that it was a risk and you might need to ease the minutes or ease the quote unquote, everyone's favorite term, load management of said Kawhi Leonard. So you needed to have guys that are ready to step up in that absence. And Siakam has done that and more, right? He's been able to fit in when Kawhi is there and put in work, he's been able to still remain and be an energy guy and play solid defense. And then obviously when Kawhi's not there, what was the game? Was it against the Suns? When they ran the clear out ISO for him at the end of the game, you can see the trust factor that Kyle Lowry has now with Pascal Siakam to let him go. You can see the trust that the coaching staff has with Pascal Siakam now to let him go. Dude still had three blocks in this game. So he's still doing it at both ends of the floor. Active on the glass, mentioned, 10 rebounds. Dude is everywhere. Dude was everywhere. And I know people want to talk about should he be in the all-star game, all that fun stuff. Like, you weren't going to have three all-stars for the Toronto Raptors. And I know that you might think, hey, you're going to put Siakam over Kyle Lowry. You got to remember, it's coaches and the coaches make a lot of picks, and when it comes down to that, they're always going to lead lead to the vet over the young buck, who you would anticipate, if this trend continues of what Siakam is showing us, he has a lot of time to make more All-Star games, right? Is that in his future? Hey, tonight was a game where it definitely looked like that because he balled out in this game. It was crazy. Let me get some more comments here. Uh, my guy Richie says... Extra spicy game today. <laughs> totally true. There's a dog with the extra G's. <laughs> I'll emphasize because it says dog. <laughs> a lot of extra G's there. Um, another comment. 43 had 44. Totally true. Like, just work from Siakam there. More comments from Instagram. Like I said, Siakam is three people on the court. He's getting better on each possession. Uh, super true. I mean, the thing is with Siakam, the way that he's able to do it in so many different ways as his game continues to develop, it's kind of scary at times because if he's shooting that three with confidence, man, the scouting report's going to be out in the second half. So the more that he adds to his game, the better it's going to be going forward because remember early on when Siakam was just bursting on we were starting to get surprised like whoa what do, what do we have here and it was always him driving and the spin move and that was kind of the go-to and then it's like the rest of the league kind of caught up and we haven't really seen as much of the spin move as we saw early on it's interesting no because you're just showing the growth of his game and hey if you listen to the ball on blast podcast from last year Webby and I were talking from last year about how Siakam should be taking Serge Ibaka's minutes. It's funny how this year has turned out because, yeah, Siakam's gotten more minutes, but Serge also has had a monster year as well. But the thing was, even from last season, you saw the flashes. You saw the glimpses of what Pascal Siakam can do. 
Nobody knew where this was going. And I mean, you're going to have people now that are going to try to play the hindsight game saying like, oh, we all saw this coming, which is funny because out of Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse's own mouth, and Nick Nurse is a guy who, you know, is noted to have worked with the bench mob from the get-go to like know what these guys can do. Nick Nurse is on the record as saying in on the Danny Green show, on the Danny Green podcast, he said he thought this year would be the year for Siakam, but he thought it was going to come maybe in February, somewhere around the All-Star break, after the All-Star break. He thought that's when the Siakam come up was going to happen. He didn't expect it to happen that soon or as soon as it did. And hey man, it's crazy. It is incredible what this kid showed you and what he continues to show and how his game continues to develop. And one thing, they talked about it on the broadcast too. The credit for the organizational depth of the Raptors, meaning what they did with 905, they mentioned it on the broadcast. And you have to give Masai Ujiri and company credit for what they've done with 905 because you're getting late round picks, but now you're developing those guys. And how many of those guys became either assets that you were able to trade or guys that you were able to plug into your lineup and show out consistently. Because you could argue Pascal's been the most consistent Raptor just in terms of he's been in the lineup the most consistent, right? Lowry and Siakam, or Lowry and Kawhi have both missed games. I'd still say the MVP of the Raptors' first half. I'd still say it's Kawhi Leonard because, I mean, dude is averaging career highs at 12, 7, and 3. Like, career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. I think people are, are sleeping a little bit on Kawhi and what Kawhi's done for this team this, this first half. But with that said, I still think Kawhi's the MVP of the first half. But what Siakam has done is clearly crazy. And the reason why people are so, you know, hyped up about it was because they didn't see it coming. And that's okay. That's okay. Like, it's just one of the added bonuses of how great this Raptors season has been. Because you're seeing the moves of Masai Ujiri, whether it's bringing in Kawhi, whether it's adding Danny Green into the trade, whether it's keeping Siakam and OG. These are all moves that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have made, and they've looked great. Right? It's just been an interesting thing to see, an interesting thing that, you know, if you're the Toronto Raptors and you feel like, you feel like this has been a game where, you know, you're seeing everything from the Toronto Raptors. You're seeing everything from the development of Pascal and OG. You got to give OG a lot of credit in this game, too. It kind of sucks that we're talking about, it kind of sucks because we're talking all about Pascal and we deserve, he deserves it. Great night for Pascal. But it kind of overshadows OG having the best game of his season as well. OG off the bench, 22 points, 4 of 8 from 3, 9 of 14 overall. OG with 22 points off the bench. And in what world are we thinking? Again, this is going to player development of the Toronto Raptors, right? Because in what world, if I was going to tell you that there was a game and you had two Toronto Raptors, one of them go 4 of 5 and the other go 4 of 8, and I let you guess who those two players are. How long would it take you to guess Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi? Right? These are two guys that their three-point game wasn't there a year ago. And now you're seeing games like that? That's a credit to them for working hard and putting in the effort in the gym. But it's also 
you got to give credit to the Raptors organization and developing talent. Because that's a big thing. It's the NBA. All these guys are good. All these guys can play ball. But development is key. Organizational depth is key. 905 has been key. And you're in a position now where OG's balling. Cool. They just brought in Jeremy Lin. We know Norm has had a pretty good season to date. Freddie's going to come back at some point. McCaw had a good game last game. He's going to be back in the lineup, you'd assume, after the break. There's going to be, like, everyone talked about the Raptors giving up depth in that trade to get Marcus Gasol. They gave up their depth. There's going to still be such a battle for minutes off the bench for this Toronto Raptors team. It's going to be incredible, right? And these guys are going to have to work hard and continue to improve and, you know, bust their ass every night. Every time you step on the court, you're going to have to go all out because you're going to be playing for minutes in the playoffs. And if you don't have it on any given night, there's somebody waiting to steal your minutes. Awesome job by the Toronto Raptors tonight. And awesome job by the two young bucks, Pascal and OG. It's crazy. But again, Masai looks like a genius, right? Didn't want to give up the two young bucks. And those two young bucks in a game where there's no Kawhi, you're kind of shorthanded because now Freddie's out. Jeremy Lin's playing his first game after not even practicing with the team. He probably had a walkthrough today. But to get that from your young bucks, that is showing organizational depth. Great job there by Masai and company because it's an incredible performance. Uh, let's get some more comments here. I'll go to uh, Twitter. Twitter says, what do you think about Kawhi sitting out, though? Is he fully down with his, with our squad or actually injured? So Kawhi Leonard sat out tonight's game with a sore left knee. And here's here's my thing, okay? If Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play in the All-Star game, right? And let's say he has an injury so that he doesn't play in the All-Star game or the this whole load management thing. He can't sit out the game before the All-Star game with load management and then not play in the All-Star game. Did, did I say that right? For him to sit out, he's going to have to be injured or just, you know, I guess make a deal with the coach to not play him in the game or play minimal minutes. But... I think it's just leaving your options open by having him sit out this game with a sore knee, right? Because you can explain him not playing in the All-Star game if he missed the game before the All-Star game with a sore knee. If it was load management, meaning he's just resting, and that's what he was out of the lineup with, well, that then means you're going to have to answer some questions to someone along the way, whether it's Adam Silver, whether it's whoever, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? But overall, to be really honest with you guys, I know this has been a huge topic of discussion about Kawhi playing tonight or not playing tonight. Is he going to play in the All-Star game or not play in the All-Star game? To be really honest, I don't care. <laughs> as long as Kawhi Leonard plays once the postseason comes around and game one and you can tell me that he feels healthy, I don't care. Again, the games that he has played this season, Kawhi Leonard is averaging career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. That's incredible. So if he wants to take every other game off, and it's not even that bad. He's missed, what, 10 games this year? Maybe a couple more than that. But my point is, if he wants to miss games here or there, 
guys, the goal of this season with Kawhi Leonard is to make sure that he's healthy for the playoffs, make a deep run in said playoffs, and hopefully re-sign him in the offseason. One way, one thing that might help you re-sign him in the offseason is help his body along the way during the year. Do you really need Kawhi Leonard against the lowly Washington Wizards? Right? Normally, if John Wall's there and the Wizards are competing and the Wizards are a team that you might have to face in the playoffs and they're battling and playing hard and they're at full strength, and if Kawhi sits that game, okay, cool. You might have me there. But the Wizards are getting ready for the lottery. The Raptors are trying to get ready for the NBA Finals. I don't care if Kawhi plays in the in the All-Star game or if he plays in this game tonight against the Wizards as long as they need to make sure that he is totally fine, hundo P, for game one of the NBA playoffs. Nothing else matters to me other than that. And once that comes around, and if Kawhi is just cooking come playoff time, no problem. They make a deep run. Because remember, your best sales pitch to Kawhi Leonard is making the NBA Finals. That's your best pitch. How do you... How do you lead him to the playoffs well if he says he, he needs a rest or if you get a glimpse or a feeling an inkling that he might need a rest or need a bit of a break or you have a chance to give him a full week off because the raptors don't play again until next friday you do that so you guys let me know what you think if you guys disagree that's totally cool as i said this is a discussion it's not right or wrong it's a discussion so let me know do you guys care if Kawhi leonard do you does it matter to you that he didn't play tonight and then would you be upset if Kawhi Leonard played in the All-Star game this Sunday? Let me know what you think, and I'll read those comments later on in the show. But let's get to more comments here on Twitter. Uh, Kawhi is beasting this year. Just lately, I feel like he's not sold on our team. Hope I'm just paranoid. Uh, I'm going to say you're paranoid because nobody knows. Like, who knows what Kawhi Leonard is feeling? We don't know. Nick Nurse doesn't know. Masai doesn't know. Who knows, right? Like, to me, it's just a thing where we have no idea what is going on with Kawhi Leonard. Nobody's Nobody knows Kawhi Leonard or knows, you know, like, reporters don't know. Fans don't know. Who knows? I just think he he's a baller and he wants to play. And I feel like when the chips are down, when it comes to playoff time, he's going to be ready. But until then... Whatever, guys. Remember, nothing is going to matter if he signs. If he re-signs in Toronto, all these things about load management, all the load management jokes, all these things about, oh, is he on the bench or not on the bench, all those things aren't going to matter because you're not going to care as long as he signs. And again, the best way to get him to sign is to make sure that he's healthy come playoff time and the Raptors make a deep run. Uh, let's see more comments though. Kawhi can't do can't do this in the second half of the season. First half, sure, but time to get on the court. Interesting, interesting. Uh, someone says as long as he's engaged for the playoffs, I don't care how much he sits. Just seems to be resting so much. I think the most telling thing was where were the Raptors? I think they were in Houston, and Kawhi had a an interesting yeah it was Houston for sure. But he had an interesting back and forth with the media where he kind of talked about how much he appreciated 
how the Raptors have helped him along this season in terms of them understanding that he only played nine games last year. And for a guy who, because remember, Kawhi Leonard isn't LeBron James. And what I mean by that is when you watch LeBron James play, if you're a fan of the Ball on Blast podcast, you remember last year's playoffs and we broke down the stats. There was a stat that tracked, um, I don't want to say effort, but it kind of, it tracked the speed in which players, uh, in which players played throughout the whole game, right? And it divided it up into three, in the three stages. It was basically, if you're walking was slow, then it was medium, how much times you're, you're, you're running, but you're not running your fastest. And then the top tier was, you know, you running your fastest and it broke it down into percentages. And the reason why I'm saying he's not LeBron James is because the stat last year was the fact that LeBron James spent the most amount of time than any other NBA player in the playoffs last season, basically walking, right? So with LeBron basically walking, he's still putting up crazy triple doubles and leading the Cavs to the NBA finals. What that means is LeBron James does a really good job of pacing himself in a game and taking defensive possessions off, taking offensive possessions off, and figuring out a way to keep his own quote-unquote load management during actual games while he's actually on the floor. So when I'm saying that Kawhi Leonard is not LeBron James, what I mean is when you watch Kawhi Leonard play, for the most part, He's on the floor, and he's playing hard on both ends of the floor. He's playing solid defense, guarding the other team's best or second-best perimeter player. He is, you know, going one-on-one. Like, he's involved in every single play or most of the plays on the offensive end. But bottom line is, if you tracked his stats of how hard he's going when he's on the court, it's not going to be anywhere near the LeBron James. Do you... Am I making sense here? He's just a different style of player. So that's why you'll see Kawhi Leonard sit out games because it's tough to manage someone's minutes, right? If you're going to say, hey, we're going to play Kawhi, but we're only going to keep him to 25 minutes. That's hard to do because you just get caught up in the game. You get caught up in the situation. And you might want to extend his minutes because, oh no, we're losing. We want to get back in the game. Let's extend his minutes here. And that's not really going to work. So the best way to try to keep his minutes down is just, hey, sit out this game. Invent this term, load management. Where did that come from, by the way? Who invented load management? That's what I want to know, <laughs> right? I really want to know that. Who invented the term load management? Where did that come from? Anyways, I hope I explained that properly because I think that's a that's the biggest factor that we need to take in. The reason why Kawhi Leonard, and I know this is a bad year to make that LeBron James, comparison because LeBron just took a full month off in the middle of the season but I'm talking about go back to last year's LeBron James and if you watched I wish I had the stat quickly I gotta look it up maybe we'll talk about it I'll bring it up tomorrow with Webster because we're gonna do the we'll do like a first half wrap second half preview on the ball on blast podcast tomorrow but again the point is LeBron is just a different kind of player than Kawhi Kawhi is going all out Kawhi is a different beast in terms of how he plays the game, right? LeBron is probably way more physically gifted, so he can cheat, for lack of a better term. But instead, you know, Kawhi, he gets to where he's at through effort, through hard work, through going hard each and every time, right? But anyways, 
Let's get to some more comments right now. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Uh, someone says, mad at the two-on-ones off, uh, called offensive fouls. He could have had 50. I mean, that would have been a thing. Pascal Siakam going for points. That would have been a thing for sure. Nice hate, Sheldon. Sorry, they corrected themselves. Nice hat. <laughs> That's a solid typo. I respect that typo. Or it's just shade masked as a typo. I don't know. Maybe this person could, could let me know. But uh, let's see more comments. You always take away props from Siakam. I don't know how I took away props from Siakam. I don't know how I could take away props from Siakam. 44 and 10 in an NBA game. There's no way to take away props. I don't know. I don't know. But explain to me. That's cool. I'm excited. Uh, someone says, you can't mention Surge, so you mention the GM. Oh, by me saying shouts to Masai. What? <laughs> Masai put Siakam and the whole team in a position to succeed. That's There's no hate on Siakam, okay? Siakam put in gangster work. That's all I can say. That's all I'm saying. Siakam put in mega work. And the point I was really making about the Anthony Davis thing was, it's Anthony Davis. You give up anybody for Anthony Davis. And Masai, the reason why Masai is Masai is because he's such a G that he figured out a way that he could continue this both sides of the fence in terms of reloading his team, right? Not rebuilding, but reloading his team, upgrading his team while not giving away the future of his team. I'm just giving props to Masai. I'm not taking anything away from what Siakam did. Uh, more comments here on Instagram. Spicy P is so impressive. He broke his career high seven times already. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and I mean, work, right? Uh, someone else says on Instagram, Masai deserves a statue. Totally agree with that. Build Masai whatever he wants. Masai, Masai could run for mayor. I mean, he could run for prime minister. He could definitely run for premier of Ontario. I'll just say that and let, and let you, yeah, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Uh, someone else on Instagram says, great bounce back from OG tonight, picked up for Norm. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, because Norman Powell got the start, and I found it kind of Norm got the start, and Norm kind of seemed gassed up early. He took like two open threes. I think he, he went 0 for 5 from 3. But early on in the game, he had some really, really open looks, wide open looks, and they didn't fall for him. And that just kind of set up a tough night for Norm. But he battled through and, as always, found other ways to contribute because Norm always is active, right? So he still found a way to get four rebounds, get you four assists, got a steal. Not mad at Norman Powell at all. I know he battled through a tough shooting night. But the reason why I appreciate what Norman Powell does for this team is because even if his shot's not falling, he's still going to play defense. He's still going to be going hard. Sometimes it's a little out of control. Yeah. But as we see with Siakam, right, you got to take the good with the bad. And you appreciate the aggressiveness when, you're, when your shot's not falling. Keep trying. Keep finding other ways to contribute. Uh... Jeremy Lin, I see someone. Oh, let's let's go here. Comment here on Instagram says, yes, Big Lowry for real. 
Kyle Lowry had that look in his eye tonight. Kyle Lowry's been fired up the past few games. It's almost like the trade deadline and getting Marcus Gasol or maybe not getting traded after his name was in rumors for a bit. I don't know. But since the trade deadline, Kyle Lowry has been super aggressive. 14 points, 13 assists tonight, three steals. He shot 4 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 10 from three. But from the beginning of the year, I've stressed this to you guys. The biggest key, I'm not worried if Kyle Lowry's missing shots. If he's missing shots, whatever. That's fine. I trust that he's a good enough shooter that the law of averages will prevail and he will have more bad game. Or sorry, he will have more good games than bad games, right? But the key to Kyle Lowry is, is he aggressive? The Raptors just need Kyle Lowry to be aggressive. And you see that when he's driving to the basket, trying to get to the line. When he's taking those deep dagger threes in rhythm, like no hesitation. And you saw him attempt those, but also make those. And he had a couple like rally stoppers there as well. A great night for, by Kyle Lowry. Just a great, great job by Kyle Lowry. And 13 assists. That is your point guard saying, hey, we're without our leading scorer. I need to make sure that I get everybody going. I need to make sure that I get everybody involved early. And he focused in on Siakam, and it was great. And it, it, there were some plays where it kind of looked like he was running the two-man game that you would see him run so often with DeRozan last year. And it's a credit to Siakam that he's able to fit in and make those plays work. But credit to Kyle Lowry tonight. And because you didn't know what you were going to get from Jeremy Lin, right? Jeremy Lin signed earlier on in the day, and he's in the lineup. Word came out as well that Norman Powell, or not Norman Powell, sorry, Fred Van Fleet is going to be out five weeks with, uh, what is it, a tendon issue in his left thumb? So if you're Kyle Lowry, you know that a big game is needed. And credit to Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin did not look lost at all. Played 25 minutes, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, a block. <laughs> Jeremy Lin just found a way to fit in and play. But they talked about it on the broadcast, and I'm going to repeat it here, because Jeremy Lin and Marc Gasol are NBA players. They're NBA veterans, right? So yes, the Raptors might have a bunch of different sets, and they might have a bunch of different you know, things that they run or plays that they run. Like said... In the NBA, sometimes as long as you have the, the pick and roll to fall back on, you're going to be good. One thing that Jeremy Lin can run perfectly, maybe even the strength of his game, is the pick and roll. But again, Jeremy Lin is here to be your backup, backup point guard, right? <laughs> it was funny to hear people's conversations today about Jeremy Lin, and people are fired up about Jeremy Lin being on the Raptors. And it's funny to me, because even when he checked into the game, he had a and the fact that Jeremy Lin's standing ovation was maybe louder than Mark Gasol's is ridiculous, right? Because you're talking about who will be eventually your starting center in Mark Gasol and your second or third best player in Mark Gasol. Comparing that to your backup, backup point guard, maybe now your backup point guard in Jeremy Lin. <laughs> and hey, good problems to have because it's just over. But let's relax here on the Jeremy Lin stuff, right? Like eight points, five rebounds, five assists. If you get something along those lines every night, you're ecstatic. Are you expecting that from him every night? No. 
but you'll take it when it comes. All good, solid night. Again, another example of Masai Ujiri being a G. That's not me taking away from Jeremy Lin. That's me bigging up Masai. Uh, someone says, second quarter was so bad, the third quarter is what won the game. That is totally true. Shout to Austin. Austin's normally in here. I don't know. Austin says, I know sometimes from prior podcasts, Austin has chimed in before and said that he's normally watching while he's at work, I think. So shouts to you, Austin. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that, actually. Maybe, I hope your boss isn't watching or something. I didn't mean to bait out, bait out your scene like that, Austin, but appreciate the comment. But Austin's point makes sense. The second quarter was crazy. The way that this game played out, the Raptors led after the first quarter. Things were going good. And then all of a sudden, the second quarter came, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, the one highlight I had written down from the second quarter was Mark Gasol has a floater in his game. <laughs> I was like, what? How this guy drive to the basket on a fast break and shoot a teardrop that went in? It's just like, this is crazy. Also cool in the second quarter was getting a chance to see Serge and Gasol play at the same time. Because that could be a lineup that we see at some point as well, depending on matchups in the playoffs, right? One thing I found interesting about Gasol's game, you look at the big guys that were getting minutes for the Wizards, and Gasol didn't look out of place at all. And at certain points, you would have to have Gasol guarding, you know, whether it was Jeff Green, didn't look out of place. Bobby Portis, didn't look out of place. Jabari Parker, didn't look out of place. And those are the guys that you would think the matchups would take Gasol out of the game. Those are the guys that definitely the matchups would take JV out of the game. But again, I'm not here to compare JV and Marc Gasol because that's not even a conversation. It shouldn't be a conversation. Just a reminder, Raptors fans. But anyways, yeah, to Austin's point, third quarter, the Raptors make, because at the at halftime, right, you got to remember, the Raptors were up 10 in the first half. Wiz go on this crazy run. And the Raptors ended up being, they were losing 65-59 at the half. Down six at the half. Raptors shot 38%, while the Wizards shot 51% in the first half. And Norm and Kyle Lowry started that game one for nine from three, two of 13 shooting. Meanwhile, Beal himself had 16 points. Third quarter, though, third quarter, though, was the Spicy P show. And Spicy P put in work in the third quarter. He had 19 in the third, but the key was the defense. The Raptors started playing defense. We've been saying it all year. When the Raptors are at their best, the reason why the Raptors will be good, the reason why the Raptors will do really well in the, in the playoffs is because they play defense. And you saw that in the third quarter, they decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to tighten things up on D. We're going to turn over the Wizards, and we're going to get out and run. And that's what happened. That's when the whole game turned. From Kyle Lowry getting turnovers to Siakam getting turnovers. It was just a great run. You saw plays where Kyle Lowry was was feeling it. And it was from the defensive turnovers that he was able to create. And then he's stepping into those threes in confidence, right? He's taking the heat check three. He's leading the fast break, diving it off to Jeremy Lin. Third quarter turned the game around. Raptors put up 42 points third quarter they finished off the third on a 35 to 13 run and that was a game that was a game and yes shout see you austin hope you're still here tuning in to the podcast appreciate it 
Uh, let's see. More comments here. Let's hope Pascal has a good all-star break. We voting my guy in next year for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to be a thing. Uh, people were ready to trade Pascal and OG. I think people to relax on that. People were ready to trade Pascal and OG for Anthony Davis. I remember the Bradley Beal talks were on the table, and I said I would seriously, seriously consider it. And, I mean, you're watching a game tonight, and how can I have the same opinion after watching that game tonight? Hey, I can admit when I'm wrong. And I can also admit that Masai Ujiri is much, much smarter than me. <laughs> and thank the heavens for that. Uh, let's see. More comments. Yeah, someone else agreeing with saying, still do that in a heartbeat. You trade them for Anthony Davis. Uh, someone says, Pascal was always hard to trade. OG, not so much. But he did have a massive game tonight. Totally true. Huge shout to OG. Big time game on both sides for all of these guys. Oh, here comes Bomber. I see Bomber in here saying, this is why I'm not trading Siakam. You know I said this. Again, I was only on board saying, yes, I would definitely trade Siakam for Anthony Davis. This is weird. Text message just pops up saying, would you still trade Siakam for Anthony Davis? What is going on? <laughs> I love Raptors fans so much. It's so amazing. It's so good. It's like, yes, I would still trade Siaka for Anthony Davis. But you know what? That's not on the table anymore. So cool. I'm happy that he's here to put up 44 on the Wiz. Shouts. Uh, let's see. Someone says, I'm cool with the Kawhi narrative. I totally agree with that too. Uh, more comments. The Spurs kind of rushed Kawhi to come back without realizing Kawhi didn't recover 100%. The Raps are trying to make sure they take care of Kawhi. Exactly. And that's all, that's the, that's the most important part of all this, right? Um, totally true. Someone says uh, Kawhi's uncle is the one that came up with load management. <laughs> I still think the Uncle Dennis narrative is the funniest thing. Because I haven't heard anything about Uncle Dennis in Toronto. Also, again, why do we even know about Uncle Dennis? That's such a Spurs thing. That's such a thing that leaks when you're trying to push certain narratives out there because i don't know anything about uncle dennis haven't heard him have they even shown him during a game i don't know but i just find that narrative so funny and also people making all these comments about it when like you have no idea what Kawhi's life has been like and the role that that man has played in his life but i'm always like thrown off by that because i feel like what the spurs did in terms of painting that narrative about uncle dennis i always found that kind of slimy not kind of slimy, real slimy. Because what did we learn by Kawhi, from Kawhi, right? Think of the Nick Nurse stuff. Kawhi could have handled that in a totally different way. And he's on the spot being told about Nick Nurse calling him out in the media. And he's just like, oh, no, that's good. It's good to have a coach that does that, keeps you on your toes. Kawhi seems to be a good guy and a fun guy. Not mad at Kawhi. Not mad at Uncle Dennis. Because I don't know Uncle Dennis, and neither do you. Uh, someone's asking if tomorrow's podcast is going to be live. No, it will not be live, but you'll be able to hear it Friday morning for your commute. It will be ready. Ball on Blast podcast. Check it out. It's on the same feed wherever you get this podcast as well on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. Check out for that or follow me on Twitter, Instagram. You'll get links there as well. Uh, someone talking about the refs missing a lot of calls. That's the NBA every single night. Did you see the Bradley Beal traveling call? <laughs> 
great. Oh, man. Someone says, who else thinks Kyle Lowry takes the most reckless shots? I mean, it's it's when he's feeling it. I'm, I'm not mad at those Kyle Lowry shots because those shots to me signify that he's being aggressive and I'm okay with him taking that because those are also the threes that are the back-breaking threes to the other team, right? But when they miss, as someone points out here, they are bad misses. Uh, let's see some more comments here. There's a lot of comments. Again, shout to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Just realize how long I've been talking for. And <laughs> I never mean for these podcasts to go that long. And then that ends up translating into, you know, me rambling and being extra hype, probably repeating myself and sounding like a moron. But then I have to remind myself, hey, let me get some comments in because I really do appreciate all you guys tuning in and getting more comments out there and getting your takes because I want to hear what Raptors fan base is saying too, right? And what we're thinking just in terms of the best year in franchise history. Because again, this season, people, enjoy it, right? I was having the conversation with my boy this year and earlier today. And it's like, there's so much focus on, oh no, they gave up JV or they gave up this person or that person or oh man, did you see all the former Raptors in the game last night? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Take a deep breath. And think about the fact of how many Raptor games you watched involving Andrea Bargnani. Or trying to talk yourself into Jamario Moon. Or Sonny Weems. Or Jose Calderon. And now you're looking at a Raptors team where Kyle Lowry is going to go down as one of the best Raptors ever, right? Kyle Lowry is probably, what, the third best player on the Raptors right now? If you say Siaka, maybe the fourth best Raptor player right now? Like, that to me is where we're at in terms of the Raptor season. Sit back, enjoy this, because this is incredible. And the Marcus Gasol move, like, if you're not excited about that yet, understand this. Marcus Gasol joining the Raptors roster, it dropped everyone down a peg. What I mean by that is wherever you slot them in in terms of who you think are the most important Raptors, right? All it means is it's less of a load that Kyle Lowry has to carry every night. Because before Gasol, you needed one of Kyle Lowry or Pascal or Serge to get you 20 to 25. You needed that to win. And if you didn't, you were going to take an L. Or Kawhi had to drop 40. But now you add in Marc Gasol. Once he gets acclimated and he's getting his full 25, 30 minutes, I'll say 30 minutes a night, and he's starting, you can plug him in for 15 to 20, probably closer to 20 a night. You can take that. And now that lessens a burden on Kyle Lowry, that lessens a burden on Siakam, who's still a kid, right? He's improving and he's doing great, but he's still a kid. And the playoffs is a different battle but it also lessens the burden on Serge Ibaka as well, right? So what I mean by that is Gasol being a huge part of this team means that now the Kyle Lowry in spurts that I was talking about, you can really see that. He doesn't have to bang around and go super hard every single night, every single play, every single moment. And that back might become less of an issue because there's less wear and tear because now you have Marcus Gasol to create more plays, to score that extra five points a game that you are looking, we're all looking at Kyle Lowry to score and be the team's second best scorer. 
now that pressure isn't there for Kyle Lowry to be the team's second leading scorer at all. And that's just a great situation to be in. Because again, this by far is the best Raptors team we've ever seen. Gasol is, would we argue Gasol is the best center to ever play for the Raptors? Who else is in that conversation? Anthony Antonio Davis? Right? Camby wasn't really a thing yet. No? Am I forgetting someone? But my point is, you have Mark Gasol, you have Kawhi Leonard, and you have Kyle Lowry. All on the same team at the same time. Enjoy this season. Enjoy it. Don't get caught up on, oh, it's Jeremy Lin. What did we have to give up? Or how much are we into the luxury tax? All those things don't matter because you're going to be happy and hyped up and cheering come playoff time. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so enjoy this. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast as well, as I really do need to wrap this up because, you know, We've been going now for 50 minutes, but thanks for sticking around and really appreciate it. And again, you can catch this podcast as well as the Ball on Blast podcast, which I do with my guy, Andrew Webster. We, we record it Thursday nights. Most of the time, you'll be able to find it Friday mornings. And that podcast ends up being an NBA-wide discussion, not just the Raptors. So you can find that, the Ball on Blast podcast, as well as this podcast, the Wrap It Up podcast, under the same feed. And again, appreciate you guys joining me after each and every Raptor game on this Wrap It Up podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Really appreciate all the feedback. Really appreciate you guys sharing the podcast, liking it and subscribing it. Really appreciate it because it helps so much. It helps grow the conversation. And we just wanted to create a platform for basketball fans in this country that you can go to each and every day after each and every game to talk about this team because again it's the best team in franchise history <laughs> right the we the north movement is here and it's legit and it's real there's a dope article on espn by tim bontemps and it just talked about how you know what masai jiri was trying to do was be real be a real real finals contender and the raptors are right there because that team is deep that team has veterans, that team has, you know, championship pedigree, that team has young bucks, like, the Raptors have a little bit of everything, this is going to be a great ride, just enjoy it, and again, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, I'm going to stop rambling now, because I'm just too hyped, and I don't know what I'm going to do for the next week without basketball, <laughs> right, I'm going to be so excited for the next game, I don't know what I'm going to do, but hopefully, you guys will be back with us after the All-Star break because the first game after the All-Star break, DeMar DeRozan's return to Toronto. <laughs> that, my friends, will be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, on tomorrow's podcast with Webby or send me your comments. What do you guys think of the reception DeMar DeRozan will receive in his return to Toronto? I can't wait. That is going to be a massive game, especially how the Raptors came out in the last game when they played the Spurs they got they got the shit kicked out of them let's let's be honest so DeMar's return the crowd's gonna be hyped DeMar's gonna be hyped that's gonna be a real fun one so on this wrap it up podcast I'll see you guys next week enjoy the week off enjoy the all-star game don't worry about whether Kawhi plays or not because it doesn't really matter just enjoy Again, thank you for enjoying this, the Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. 
This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh, blast.